Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show as we start a new week on a Monday here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Macatrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, all new pre owned inventory, all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury and at sunburymotors.com. And Monday's show, always brought to you by our good friends at Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury, or go to purdyinsurance.com. Home, auto, life, business, all your latest insurance needs to protect what matters most, all at Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury, or on their website at purdyinsurance.com. And boy, do we have a lot to recap. What an amazing opening weekend of March Madness. And that has been the case, and the unpredictability that we thought this tournament might have because of COVID and everything else that's happened this year has certainly come to fruition. But it's been a huge hurt for the Big Ten. (laughs) We'll get to that in a second. But it's just been amazing to see, really, you just don't know what's going to happen between Oral Roberts and their run so far, Syracuse... They must have heard me because I thought it was a joke they even got in. And look at them. Now they're in the Sweet 16 and look like they can make another deep run, just like they did a few years ago. Abilene Christian over Texas. I mean, you name it. Of course, Illinois going down yesterday to Loyola Chicago, who looks primed for another deep run. Though I necessarily wouldn't call it a Cinderella run this time. But hey, the magic of the sister Jean. We love it. I love it. Even though my bracket is just about shattered, having only two Final Four teams remaining, and one of my teams of the championship game I have out, Illinois, is gone. But what a mess for the Big Ten. And of course, the overrated stuff starting to come into play. And I think some of that is is justified, but I just come to think of it as, remember, it was just conference play for majority of these teams this year. Then you had to face each other again in the postseason tournament with with teams fighting to get an at-large bid, try to win the whole thing, you know, things like that. And because the Big Ten, when they played each other, was so good this year, that I wonder if they just beat each other up to the point where everybody was just running out of gas. 
You saw that with Illinois yesterday, especially down the stretch. You just saw that with Iowa, for those who were able to skip work and watch some of the game today. Iowa was off to a great start in today's game against Oregon. Then all of a sudden they lay off and they just can't recover and it just falls apart quick. Ohio State, of course, loses to Oral Roberts. They just couldn't shake them off right from the get-go. Wisconsin, able to win one game before losing, obviously, to a good Baylor team. And then you have Rutgers out of nowhere, but they just lost after blowing a late 10-point lead. So I, I don't know if it's necessarily an overrated... The Big Ten was overrated this year. I don't know, Steve. Right. What, what do you think there about the Big Ten being overrated now that they've had a rough start to the oh. tourney? Well, can we go back three weeks on the show? What did I? What did Dick Girardi and I talk about three weeks ago on the show? We said that the Big Ten was good, but not as good as it was a year ago. We That's thought right. the Big Ten. We thought the Big Ten. Th- th- those exact words I said. Okay? That the Big Ten was, and we even said the two of us even said in total agreement. Because I mean, this is something obviously he and I have talked about before. We talked about it all season. We did not think the Big Ten was the best conference in the country. We thought the Big 12 was. Now, the surprise has been how good the Pac-12 has been in this. But we said that we both thought the Big 12 was better than the Big 10. So if you're a faithful listener of the show, you know, are you surprised after listening to the show that some of this has happened? I mean, you're paid to be a listener of the show, so. Exactly right. I mean, but, I mean the again, biggest shocker for but, me is is Illinois again, and Iowa. There you go. All right, all right. I let's go back to let's let's take these one at a time. Um, before I do that, before I get to that, if you don't mind, uh, I want to recognize the great Saturday night Penn State wrestling ad. Oh yeah. I would like to do that first, uh, and I'll, uh, because I think it's important that in all this basketball that it is not put to the rearview mirror greatness. Again, let's go back to the Monday after the Big Ten championship. What did we talk about that day? For it was about Nick Lee and about Carter Stracci, but in particular Nick Lee, because you felt that it was going to happen again. In an unusual year for wrestling, there was no Midlands. Now, you know, a lot of Penn State doesn't go the yeah, they'll send independent guys to the Midlands, but no Southern scuffle. There was no dual meet with Iowa this year because they were going to wrestle, but it got canceled. They never wrestled. That you are now going to be seeing guys in the Big Ten Championship for the first time during the season. And what was the word that you and I used? Adjustments. What adjustments? I said there are always adjustments that happen after you meet somebody on the map. And especially in this year where it was the first time, what adjustments would Nick Lee make? What adjustments 
would Carter Starachi make? And you saw the adjustments, especially in Lee, because Lee was going head-to-head with the guy that beat him. And the adjustment, number one, he, he, he stayed away completely from his back. His, I thought the defensive wrestling and the counters by Lee were just outstanding. He was so sharp with his counters, and he was so sharp with his defensive moves that kept him off balance. And at this level, look, I mean, let, let's face it. Penn State excites the wrestling world, and they've changed the collegiate wrestling world because they're exciting, a fun style, lots of throws, you know, constant takedowns. They go for it all the time. But when you get to the championship round, that doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. You have a lot of two ones, three twos, because it's the best against the best. So at this point, the drama is not in the scoring because there's no drama. Okay, the drama is not in. Wow, look how many. You know, there's no drama there, and the vast majority of the time, in wrestling at the championship level, it is counters and defense, counters and defense, and then the excitement comes in that one quick flurry where you can finally get the takedown you need. That's about the way it goes in the championship round. Penn State wrestled brilliantly with its counters, especially Lee. Right, Penn State wrestled brilliantly with its defense. And when they got, got shots, they got shots. I mean, Brooks survived with his Starachi got the great overtime shot to win, got in on a double. And it again shows they may not be the champions, they finished second, but it's still the best wrestling program in the country. Imagine when the young guys get older. Holy mackerel. All right. Now to your question about Iowa and about Illinois. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a break. We're going to talk about Iowa and Illinois because this uh, is something that's a couple things that you know uh, that we're going to get into a little bit different here. All right, and we're going to do that in a moment as to what the issues are for each. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Hi, this is Season from Purdy Insurance, and now that the warmer weather is on our minds, all of us at Purdy Insurance are ready to pair you up with the right coverage for that boat, RV, motorcycle, or jet ski. Enjoying the great outdoors is easy with the right coverage. Give Purdy Insurance a call at 570-286-5855, send us an email, or visit our website at purdyinsurance.com to see what we can do for you. the doctor ordered for the man the fastest wrestler in the nation and his go around just like you said Jim finishes it off going to the right in a match that was looking like it was going to be taken away from him stayed on the attack Roman Bravo Young Penn State's first champion at 133 pounds 
And what a way to start the night. A victory in sudden victory for the junior from Penn State. Inside trip by Lee. He gets it. And Lee gets the two. A perfect start for Penn State. Two for two. That's Mike Cousins uh, with Tim Johnson on ESPN Saturday night. That was, uh, they stayed perfect. They went four for four as Carter Stracci and Aaron Brooks won as well. I mean, when the takedowns happened, it became exciting. It's just that everybody's just so good, you know, for the casual fan. You know, I mean, you see the counters and you see the so forth, but, uh, you know, let's face it, there's a lot of nothing that happens. As you're countering, you're countering, you're countering. There's no takedowns. There's no, you know. And finally, you do get it, and it happens, and that's where the excitement occurs. It's, and for Penn State, it was absolutely exciting. Absolutely exciting. All right. So let's get to uh, Iowa, Illinois. Let's start with Illinois. That's what happens when you see a brilliant game plan executed brilliantly by smart players. So let's start with this. Let's start with a look at Illinois and their two best players. And we're going to do one by stats and one by video, okay? okay. So let's start with by stats. In this world of analytics, which opens the door to you thinking too much, analytics are extremely valuable to have as a tool. But sometimes the simplest stuff, I mean, all stats are analytics. Sometimes the simplest stuff tells you the story. So, here's the story. Kofi Coburn, 5 and 54. What do those numbers mean, Matt? Five and 54. This is right there. It's right there in the stat sheet. It tells you everything you need to know. Have to get on it in front of me. Okay. Uh, they played 30 games this season. Kofi Coburn had five assists and 54 turnovers. So, when the ball goes into Kofi Coburn, what doesn't happen? The ball does not come back out. So, when he caught it, they doubled him because they knew he was just going to go up with the ball. And he has trouble handling it sometimes. That's why the 54 turnovers. That's two turnovers a game. And they attacked him with double teams relentlessly because he doesn't kick the ball out. Also, Illinois kept running the high ball screen. Okay, what does the high ball screen do? Well, it's supposed to free you up to get around the corner. Except, here's what the negative of the high ball screen is. It brings a second defender in. And when Io DeSumo, now let's get to this now let's get to the video. What did I say about Nebraska? Remember Nebraska, what does Io do? He goes right. Ohio when I said they played played Ohio State and they lost to them, what did I say? Io, what do you do? Goes right. Every single time the ball screen came over in this game to his right side, and the defender stayed on the right side and forced Io to go left. Exactly. Over and over and over again. It's amazing. Crutwig is very smart and a good athlete. Williamson is very smart and a good athlete. All right. They've got other guys like that. It was just 
a smart team with a well-executed game plan that got it. The second Coburn caught it, they doubled him relentlessly. They didn't leave him alone down there. And then the other, you know, and then they kept drawing him up high and back cutting him. It was just in an IO, they may go left, they may go left, they may go left, they may go left, and guess what? And they got to the one and one with eleven forty three to go and never took advantage of it. Never. Never took advantage of it. And that was drive it down their throat, keep going to the line, clock stops, you just keep going to the line. Now you'd never know it by the CBS broadcast, they never told you. You'd have to you have to figure it out for yourself, read it. But I mean, never I mean they trailed the entire time. And you know, simple as that is it's one of the glories of having Lamar Stevens here. Lamar why is Lamar Stevens in the NBA? If I hear one more person say, Well, you know, he's hanging on, he doesn't shoot the three, well, it's the three, the three. I'm sick of hearing about the three. You know why he's in the NBA if you really know basketball? He's there because he's smart and knows how to play defense. You would be shocked at the multitude of sins he covered up his last couple of years here at Penn State. Believe me, I sat in on on film sessions. I know. I saw it. The times he covered up for other people. I'm not going to get into who he covered up for. Because he was smart. He knew how to play. I mean, having guys that know how to play the game. If you have a great athlete who knows how to play, oh, my God, you've got a gold mine. And Loyola has a bunch of guys that know how to play. That are also, by the way, good athletes, but they know how to play. See, I watched that in Lamar. Lamar's in the NBA because he knows how to play and he can play defense. He gets it. He just came off a double-double against San Antonio at 15 points, 11 rebounds. Now, is he a great three-point shooter in the NBA? No, he's about what he is here. But it's passable enough. But it's his defense and his know-how as to why the Cavaliers look at him and say, you know what, this guy helps us. That's why when he's on the floor, he helps them. We just watched that in Loyola. Smart players that know how to play the game that are good athletes. And they exploited in Illinois. If you want to have a fun day, you have to drive a Hyundai. From Sunbury Motors Hyundai. Sunbury Motors Hyundai has 18 brand new 2020 Hyundais that have to go now. now. Choose from seven 2020 Elantras with savings up to $49.70. Starting at $16,997. 2020 Tucson Sport SUVs have a $56.90 discount and start at $25,740. Hurry in, only two left. One last 2020 Santa Fe with a $6,050 discount. Was thirty nine five eighty five now only thirty three five thirty five and there's one last Veloster for only eighteen seven eighty five now, now is the time for big discounts on two thousand twenty new Hyundai's at Sunbury Motors Hyundai Hyundai is still producing amazing cars with the two thousand twenty one North American Car of the Year the Hyundai Elantra save twenty six twenty two on this award winning sedan starting at nineteen eight twenty three now is the time and Sunbury Motors Hyundai is the place in the North Fourth Street. Auto Plaza, Sunbury. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show presented by 
Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto home life business. Bundles, they'll save you money. They'll update your policies. They'll make sure you're insured. Customer service means everything to them. And it's all at Purdy Insurance Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. All right. Um, so three three items I want to get to. Actually, okay, we get the multiple items. Then Matt Leon, a, a guy I consider to be a, a friend of mine, Joe Boylan, passed away today at the age of eighty two. He was the color analyst for Rutgers. Uh, he was the first time I met Joe. He was an assistant coach at Rutgers back in the early eighties for Mike Young. And then went on and became, became the athletic director at Loyola, Maryland. Then he had a chance to come back and be the color analyst of Rutgers basketball. You can, could not have asked for a nicer man on the face of the earth. I just thought the world of Joe Boylan. Thought the world of him. And 82, he had a blood clot. He had gone in for surgery. Uh, survived the surgery, but then yesterday, right before the Houston game, he was he was he was in Camden at the time. He was not in Indianapolis. He suffered a stroke and died right before the game yesterday. And uh, Steve Puckle, the Rutgers coach, had to break it to his team after the game that he passed away. Beloved would be a word that would be, uh, fit Joe Boylan. What a man! Elgin Baylor passed away today at the age of uh, eighty-six. He was uh, MJ before MJ. He was on this date in nineteen fifty-eight. He took Seattle to their only national championship game. Kentucky beat him, and he was so good that he was named the tournament's most outstanding player on the losing team. 27.5 points, 13.5 rebounds a game for his career in the NBA. Phenomenal. He was Dr. J and Michael Jordan before Dr. J and Michael Jordan. All right. Next on the list uh, is Iowa. All right. For the last two months, what have I said about Iowa basketball? What's their weakness? Matt, you're paid to sit there. (laughs) What's their weakness? Over and over, over and over again. They can't defend. Oh, yes. And they gave up 95 today. Shocking. They scored 80, and it wasn't enough. Luka was great. He had 36 on 20 shots. He averaged 1.8 points a shot. That's phenomenal. Okay, 1.5 per shot in the NBA gets you a 10-year contract. And Wieskamp was had 17 points, 5 assists. Nobody else did anything. C.J. Frederick, Bohannon. McCaffrey, the other three starters, all had zeros. Didn't score a point. And I think it was the comment I made that the Iowa 2-3 zone, I said to call it Swiss cheese. I think I made this statement like six, seven weeks ago. I said to call it Swiss cheese is an insult to Swiss cheese. 
Now that I remember. <laughs> okay. Thank it's all coming back much. to me now. Okay. This was, I, I, this was going to be their undoing. They can score, score, score. But here's the problem. You get into games with teams like this, and this is going to be Oklahoma's problem. Oklahoma, and they're, what, they're down at the half. Does that sound right? Yeah, they're down 14 at the half right now to, to Zaga. Okay. Here's the problem that, that these teams have. Okay. Iowa needed to grind the game out and not run with these people. Okay. Oklahoma needs to grind the game out. They can't run with Gonzaga. Don't try to quote you know, the loose term, outscore Gonzaga. You've got to grind the game down. You take that BYU tape from the West Coast Conference championship game and play that first half over and over again. You grind the game down and get the pace down to keep them from being the thoroughbred. And Iowa athletically is not good enough to run with Oregon. You got to grind it down. If you find yourself down in the first half, start ratcheting the game down. Get a vice. Okay? And you know, take a little more time off the clock. Get them a little more frustrated. You know, I mean, Oklahoma, I mean, you're tempted. When you get into a game like this, you hit a few early, get a little fool's gold. Oklahoma got some fool's gold, had the lead, had the lead. But now they're going to have to, you know, Lon's smart. Look, they're down 12 at the break, 46-34. you got to grind the game down against Gonzaga. You, I mean, you, it, if you want to get out there and run and gun with these guys, wow. That's a hard way to live because that, I mean, that is their neighborhood. Last but not least, E.J. Liddell. I want to make sure I get this before we get to Matt. Received a lot of vile comments on Twitter after Ohio State lost in the opener to Oral Roberts. There's no place for that. But now let's go back to something we talked about. I feel like it's like a day of, like, let's remind, we're, you know, because you're in the 10th year of the show. You talk about a lot of things. But I want to go back to, I don't know, was it 2016? This is before you were on the show, Matt. Uh, but I was talking about a lot about FanDuel and about DraftKings. Talking a lot about both. And I said, look, there's going to be a case in New Jersey and we did a lot of shows about the New Jersey case coming up. About Sportsbook. And I said, there's going to be... I said, if, if New Jersey wins, and we expected them to win. I mean, we expected New Jersey to win the case, and they did. That it would open up Sportsbook across the country. In fact, North Carolina is now the 21st state... And D.C. is a 22nd area that allows some form of sports gambling in the country. I mean, North Carolina last week just joined everybody. All right? Now, this is from 30,000 feet. But why do I sense that whomever sent those vile Twitter messages to E.J. Liddell, why do you suspect the possibility that they had money on the game? 
It is amazing how much more personal it becomes when that guy right there lost you money. When in reality, you lost you money. You're the one that made the bet. It's my lecture to the corner office, by the way. (laughs) Suit the Greek. (laughs) I mean... It's, it's again. This is from thirty thousand feet. So, but it would be my first question: Did you put money on the game? As time goes, we're going to get more comments like this because the games become more personal when you have something at stake, besides just your team winning and losing. I always wonder that when I see that. EJ Liddell absolutely did not, for one iota, deserve a single negative comment in his direction. He played hard. They just didn't win. He made plays, and they get 24. They just didn't win. That happens. Oral Roberts was better that day. It happens. All right. Let's bring in Matt Leon now. We'll talk about teams that have been successful, one being Villanova. Sir, welcome. Great to have you with us again. Good to be with you. Uh, Villanova. Uh, you know, they... They have been as impressive as anybody through the first two rounds of the tournament, uh, despite not having Gillespie. Uh, what are you seeing in them right now? I, I think you're seeing an elite coach who ha- has the ability to get kids in his program who consistently get better. Uh, they get a little bit of a break, not getting Purdue in the second round. You know, North Texas pulls the upset, but mm-hmm. – uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it would have mattered. Um, you know, to see the performance that Villanova put last night, I I think they might have beaten Purdue just as easily. So it's just another, you know, Jay Wright's resume the last five years, uh, it doesn't get much better than that. I mean, it, it's really just another tribute to his coaching and, and what that program's become. Like, they are – they are elite now. They've been elite, you know, for a while, but they are a group that is is one of the programs when you start talking about the best in college basketball, and not necessarily just the wins and losses. They're one of the first programs you have to mention. Oh, there's no question about that. There's no question. And not only that, when he gets past the second round, he's really dangerous. Yeah. (laughs) He's had a lot of, like, opening weekend losses. But once he survives the opening weekend, his teams have done really well. Yeah, and think, and it wasn't that long ago. Before they won the title in 2016, there was a knock against Jay Wright. They had some teams that faltered in the second round that lost earlier than they probably should have. But, boy... That's that seems like a hundred years ago, where you know they they just get it done now in the postseason, and they get it done. They have a lot of games where they're not challenged in the tournament, and uh, I'm not yeah. necessarily just talking in the first round. I know, you know, well, so that, it's really impressive. But the really great teams, okay, that the it's funny when you look at people talk about what's a coach's record when the game's decided by five points or less. For the most part, they're all pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, really. I mean, they, you know, if you look at Coach K's record five points or less, you look at Roy Williams five points or less, right? 
Well, for the most part, they're not in those games. Okay? Right. They're blowing teams out. That's why they are who they are. Villanova's like that. They, for the most part, blow teams out. Yeah, because close games, that's more likely to be determined by a ball that goes out right. of bounds, right. a ref's call, you know, something that you maybe can't control or something you lose in the moment. Yeah. Uh, you know, Teams to bed uh, with 12 minutes left. You know, that's just as impressive coaching as maybe the set you call tied, you know, coming out of the last time out. Of course. Exactly. And that's uh, that's why I always find comical about that. Oh, well, lost a little of the close game. <laughs> Sorry, but the really great teams are not in close games. Okay? Yeah. When they finally get into close games, the record's about the same as everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, all right. And that's because you and I research that stuff. That's the only reason why we can talk about it, because we actually know what some of the numbers are. Uh, well, and absolutely, when you watch, when you're there and you you see, and you talk to any coach, like, they'll tell you, close games, like, yeah. you know, there's so much you can do, but a lot of it is, you know, like I said, somebody stepping out of bounds or something like that, where, you know, if, if your team's ready and, and on point, a lot of times you eliminate any of that play in a – Right. Playing a factor because you just buzz salt the ropes. Right, exactly. Uh, okay, uh, now let's uh, get to the Eagles' free agency. Uh, okay, they know what's going on now, right? Yeah, <laughs> the main goal of this year was really to get get out from under, you know, the salary cap. Right. So this is more a uh, kind of putting themselves in a position to move forward. I mean, I've heard some things that they talked with Joe Flacco about the backup quarterback job. Yeah. I don't... Okay. You know, I personally think Joe Flacco's days are probably done. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I said earlier, uh, if the backup quarterback situation right now is the lowest... is pretty low on the concerns for this team. Uh, they have signed safety. Uh, Anthony Harris, which I think was a nice... Uh, a real a nice saving or a nice signing. I think they uh, they got him in a good spot. And the Harris signing is kind of uh, what we kind of been used to from the Eagles in the past, where they maybe get a guy who's better than his market value at that moment and are able to take advantage. But I've said this to you: like the, they are not in a situation where one or two moves are going to turn right. them into Agreed. they need a lot of work I know the <laughs> NFL's year to year and all it takes is you know one or two games maybe it's steel you know but for the most part I think conventional wisdom is that this group's going to need a lot of help to uh, to get where they need to be so I wouldn't I, I don't know I don't want to say how important but in the big picture I don't think signing free agents right now is the, the main Concern. The main concern is kind of clearing the decks of money you don't want to spend, getting some salary cap room, and they got to hit in the draft for a change, yeah. like on a main on a big way, not just uh, mm-hmm. you know with a first round pick. They need to get a lot of guys that can contribute uh, out of the the no next question. couple of drafts. No question, no question about that. Uh, speaking of the draft, a little more in a month. It's going to be in Cleveland. Sounds like they're going to let some fans in. Sounds like they're going to let some media. It sounds like it may not be perfect, but it sounds like it's a, more of a direction of normalcy. Yeah, we're getting there. I think you're seeing that 
you know, I mean, we don't want to get into a science discussion, but like the vaccine stuff, we're really like we're vaccinating a lot of people now. And I think uh, people are starting to extrapolate forward and, you know, feeling comfortable that, you know, maybe not now, but, you know, you're talking the draft in a month, six weeks or whatever. you know, we should be in an even better place. So I, I think it's it's all a good sign, not just for football, but just kind of that we are pushing our way towards getting back to where we want to be. You and I talking science would would be a disaster. All right, so <laughs> <laughs> Matt, we're just trying to stay in our own lane. Thanks, Indeed. thanks so much, my friend. Great to have you with us. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Matt Leon in Philadelphia. Back with more. Brought to you by Purdy Insurance on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Well prepared, well versed. And I know this is crushing for the Illinois followers, but uh, what a great job, Loyola. Incredible. Yep. Another fairy tale ride is underway for Loyola Chicago and head coach Porter Moser. Uh, Bill Raftery, Jim Nance, Illinois. You had a team in Loyola. Again, when you've got, when you have people that are smart and are good and are good athletes, to go with the scouting report, Again, Kofi, five assists, 54 turnovers. What does that tell all of you? Ball goes in. The ball does not come back out, so you double him hard. And they have the personnel. You have to have the personnel to do it, all right? Let's, let's, okay? You have to have the personnel to do it. Early in the season, he was able to kick the ball out a couple of times to Williams, and Williams hit threes, so that loosened things up. Williams got worse at threes that the season went. His numbers on three-pointers went down, 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 down. So they just started using his guy to double late in the year. Williams was still playing pretty well when Penn State played them. I mean, he was shooting the ball really well when Penn State played him. But as the season went after that game, Williams' shooting percentage started going down. So you could take his, your, his guy and double him because he's not going to pay. He's not a good passer. He's not a willing passer. He just isn't. And you can get him to turn the ball over. Okay, what did you watch yesterday? Looked to me like he didn't pass and looked like he turned the ball over. And then Io. Io wants to go right. Io wants to go right. And every time they introduced the high ball screen, the person that was on Io's right stayed and doubled him. And they made him go left over and over and over. And then they kept pulling Coburn out on on high stuff, boom, and kept back cutting after they pulled him out of the lane. Over and over. It is great, great game plan. Great execution. That was smart across the board. I watch enough basketball where I sit back and I'll see, and I'll just sit there and go, what are you doing? Not with that team. I watched that team yesterday. I looked at it and said, now that is a team that knows how to play the game. I feel the same way when I watch Gonzaga. They know how to play the game. It's amazing. It's fun to watch, too. So I've always said, I'll give you an example, football example. You want to know, I'll give you a name of a guy at linebacker 
that really knew how to play the game. Right? Navarro Bowman. He and Sean Lee were a delight to watch. He had two linebackers out that knew how to play the game and were good athletes.